This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing so well, Josh. We are so close to the start of the new FPL season. And what that means is, like every season, we get to do our 10 tips for FPL success. This is one of our favorite episodes during our pre-season preview coverage. Uh, this is our fifth season of Always Cheating, but the fourth time we're doing the 10 tips from FPL success. It's always so much fun. Yeah, we needed a year of podcasting to build up the tips, you know. It's, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, it's it's because it, one of one of the real tips is if you want to have a good season, don't start a fantasy podcast. I think we both uh, we both learned that our first year. It was that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. It took like four years to finally like <laughs> like get get over that. Uh, it's like some weird thing where if you if you are talking about your team in public, I, I think I know people like on social media have experienced this too. If you're just talking about your team a lot, it, like there's a self consciousness that creeps in, right. you know, and suddenly you're not quite playing as like you know you're not playing your game so much. Well, it's getting a pet to perform a trick when all of when all your friends are over. Of course, of right. course, your dog will sit up and and eat a treat off its nose when it's just the two of you. But no, not when not when your girlfriend's parents had dropped by. That's never going to happen. That's basically true of kids, too. You know, Quinn like <laughs> loves doing a forward roll. But like a second anybody comes over, it's like a it's like me trying to get her to do a pet trick. I'm like, forward roll. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Forward roll. And just, uh, yeah, nothing doing. Um, so Brendan, I thought we'd just to start off this podcast, just very, very briefly, um, I thought we could talk a little bit about us, just who we are, um, you know, how long we've been playing the game for. I mean, we don't have to get into our full like backstories here, but just like even just focus just on fantasy itself. Who are you, Brandon? And how long have you been playing fantasy for? I am Brandon. Some people know me as BK, uh, as in, you know, Berg, my team name can sometimes be the BK Broilers. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I will not reveal how much stock I own in Burger King, but it's a lot, Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. two of us started playing Fantasy Premier League in 2011, 2012. It was actually the first year in which I played any fantasy sports game of any time. I've been a longtime football fan, and I... 
to that point kind of held the Premier League at arm's reach. And I wanted to just immerse myself in it. And the uh, fantasy game just seemed like the perfect way to quickly learn about all the various players at all the various rungs within the league. And FPL certainly did that trick. So um, after the first season, you know, you work out all the kinks, you sort of figure out what actual fantasy fantasy strategy is. I had a pretty mm-hmm. good pretty good run after that, never finishing outside the top 100K overall until 2017, 2018. We won't speak about that season. <laughs> um, just missed by a hair, um, keeping my streak alive of just five digits in my overall rank. Finished 112,000 overall. But last season, 2018, 19, was my best ever finish. 10,643, like all things in my life, another near miss. Just missed out on the top 10K ranking. So that's what I'm chasing in this new season. But generally speaking, um, I'm just kind of a pretty even Steven, moderately conservative manager. And my overall ranks through the seasons would show that. Like there there are no wild swings. But then I look across the microphone to my podcast partner and I see a self-described yo-yo manager. Yep, a boomer. I'm a boomer bust manager. So uh, like you, this will be my ninth season playing fantasy. I was thinking about the way that you started the fantasy league. And, you know, it's funny because it sounded it sounds so like formal, like I want to learn more about fantasy. I'm going to do this. But if you want to start playing English Premier League fantasy in the United States, like you're not joining a work league. Like nobody, nobody's (laughs) got like Mm -hmm. there's no like telegraph thing. Like, you know, there's just nothing like you just like you just have to like be like self-consciously like I am going to start a fantasy league with my friends and we're going to try this all out. Just send Uh, an email out to you and a few other people saying, Hey, you guys want to get weird? Let's get weird. (laughs) Exactly. And you know, nine years later, I think the the vast majority of those managers are still in our league. And I think, they are. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, and honestly, you know, this is one of the, one of the 10 tips we're going to get to in a minute, but you know, keeping the mini league fun and keeping people interested in the mini league and keeping a mini league, you know, and we always throw a little money in there too. Just, just, just a little bit. Nothing, nothing mm, crazy. Just a taste. Just a taste. <laughs> but just that alone is like that to me. Even when I'm having my worst seasons, I still care about my mini league. You know, and I still care about you know how I'm doing in that. Um, so yeah, I am, as you said, a bit of a yo-yo manager. Um, I mean, you know, I've had like, I mean, most of my, I, I've, I've had only one truly awful season. Um, but, uh, I do have three finishes in the top 2,500 overall. Um, and, uh, I finished, uh, last season was my best ever finish. I finished, uh, 1,224th overall, uh, beat my previous finish, which was 1530. Um, and, uh, and to be honest, when I see that 1,224, I, I'm, I'm still, kind of sad about it, which I know is <laughs> kind of ridiculous, but I was inside the top 1000, the final 10 weeks of the season. Uh, and it wasn't until game week 38 when I made a bad captaincy pick, mm. uh, that I, a and, and, Steven Gerard esque slip indeed. And picked up Paul Pogba as my, uh, sung midfield replacement and all went downhill. And, uh, I, I, I went just outside the top one K uh, finished 1224 overall, obviously, uh, an excellent finish. And so for me, uh, it's, it's really important for me personally that I get off to a strong start because I have a little bit of a like tiger woods type thing where tiger woods is extremely hard to beat if he is in the lead going into mm-hmm. the final day, but he has only come back from behind to win a major once on the final day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, that was actually just this year. Um, and you know, so for me, I like, if I'm doing well and having a good season, 
it is very hard to beat me. Like I will, like I will be, I play very conservatively. I will sort of, I'll make the smart move. I'll hold people off. But if I'm in a bad season, I'm just like throwing everything at the wall, <laughs> you know, just like making crazy transfers, like burning points, like wild carding, like you know, 10 weeks before I should in the second half of the season, just like anything, uh, you know? And so, and often I just make a, I make a, an okay season terrible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by, by chasing too hard. And so, um, so, uh, you know, I didn't like, you know, I think one of the tips we're going to get into today are, are kind of mental tips, uh, because I think, you know, over a 38 game week season, you can have a great strategy, but if you're not playing smart and you're not, and you're getting too emotional, um, it is almost definitely going to capsize your season. Yeah. It's one of those foundational principles. Yeah. Like, like tips and techniques, just the strategies to play the game are one thing, but yeah, having that emotional core is an entirely different thing. You comparing your to yourself to Tiger Woods though, did make me think that maybe you blew your top 1000 OR finish last season by not showing up wearing red to championship mm. sunday game week 38 the black horse pub yeah that's yeah good, you gotta that's, show yeah. up to the black horse meaning business <laughs> where that tiger was championship yeah. red god that's heartbreaking yeah what i think i wore the always cheating t-shirt or something uh speaking of always cheating t-shirts brandon what an amazing transition not even that forced not i didn't bad. know where i was going there uh patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can support the podcast where you can get access to our private slack chat channel uh, you can also get access to a bonus pod. We do one extra pod throughout the uh, regular season. Uh, by the time this goes up, I should have a mailbag podcast up as well, uh, where I answer questions uh, from from patrons on any topic, uh, fantasy or otherwise. Um, so that'll be going up, and then we'll start what we call our kitchen table podcast, which is the podcast that we do a day or two before this before the uh, game week kicks off, where we uh, one of us uh, runs through um, our team and answers questions from listeners and things like that. So. Uh, but, you know, most importantly, just if you want to support the podcast, support the work that we do to put this out every week, uh, go to patreon.com slash always Excellent. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and get into the first five of our 10 tips for FPL success. Brand, we have 10 tips for FPL success, FPL, a.k.a. Fantasy Premier League success. This is the fourth edition of this podcast. We've rewritten I guess we've basically rewritten all of these and we've swapped out about half of them from, from mm-hmm. previous years as well. All right, Brennan, the first tip is uh, number one is your team is going to look a lot like everyone else's. The key to having a great season is how fast you can adjust. All right. So this to me is uh, what makes, I, I think, especially if someone's new to fantasy, uh, like this, this kind of fantasy, like if they come from like the draft world or whatever, uh, it's very strange to know that you have, you have Raheem Sterling and so does everyone else. And you have uh, Harry Kane and so does everybody else. I mean, you name it, right? You have two Liverpool defenders and so does everyone else. So, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of times over the course of the season where your team is going to look a lot like everyone else's, uh, but it never lasts. The temp, the, you know, the template, as they call it, it never lasts, right? It, it's constantly shifting. And the whole the whole trick of the game, I think, is to is to just be a little bit faster, just that one you know, get the, get there just one week ahead of everybody else. Yeah, like, you're, right. you know, drop that one underperforming player just before, um, you know, just before they go into like a bad run of fixtures or something like that. It's, you know, it's, and it's not, I mean, it's not always about moving players, but it's just about, you know, moving your captain sometimes, right? Like just making, making minor adjustments that separate your kind of template team from everybody else's. And, you know, if you can just do that a couple of times, 
you know, even just like a couple times a month, right? Like yeah. then the difference can be, you know, three to five points and, you know, you multiply that over nine months and suddenly you're looking at, you know, whatever that math works out to, you know, 40, 50 points. And usually that's the, that's the difference between first and second place in your league. Right. We, we started talking about this at some point last season about how there's no such thing as a differential um, in that a player, if a player is truly a differential and can performs over a couple of weeks, then everyone is going to move in on that player and they will cease to be a differential. Right. So exactly as the tip su- suggests, the quicker that you can move on a player that is that is outside of the template um, and you get lucky and it works, the better off you'll be because a differential in in quotes is only as good as the first few weeks before they're like they, they become then part of the template. Yeah, like the place to look is often in the uh, with the promoted teams. And you know, I think last year, you know, Wolves were, you know, a team that had a lot of players that had very low ownership early on, right? No one was no one quite knew what to do with these Wolves players, but um you know, sort of gradually emerged that maybe this this defender Matt Doherty was a player to have, right? That maybe Rahul Jimenez at 5.5 million was a forward worth worth taking a chance on. And you know, it was just if you got there early, you know, if you like yeah. that was that was the trick is just to get there a little ahead. And so there that there is a little element of risk, I think, here, because it obviously doesn't always work, you know, and I think that um, I think this is really where you have to trust your instincts. I think I actually think it really helps to and this is a point we're going to get to later, but, you know, watch some actual match film, right? Like, you know, like watch like. You know, even if like you can't watch the match itself, you know, watch a 10 minute extended highlight reel on YouTube or something, you know, like just like try to like go and find something that, like, you know, like just see this player play, you know, because sometimes like that can really be the difference is you just like sometimes like you see, you know, you get tempted by like a Christian Benteke at the end of a season. Right. <laughs> and then you mm-hmm. go and watch him play and you're like, oh, right. No, he's terrible. Like, you know, or yep. it was like, you know, the goal, the goal that he scored last week was a total fluke. You know, it bounced off somebody else's head and he wasn't even looking and it bounced off his head. And that was how he scored his goal, you know. And so I think that actually having your own opinion about these players can really help you decide whether you want them or not. Yeah. And uh, to be able to make these fast moves based on whatever eye test you have or feeling you have, the team, your your FPL squad has to be flexible. And this is a point that our friend Joe at the Fantasy Football Scout touched, touched upon. He says, be flexible, accept your game week one plans may go awry and build an exit strategy. Ask yourself, can I get the player I may want within two moves? So uh, particularly going into game week one, there's all sorts of anxiety about team structure um, and where where you're going to invest and and where you're going to cut costs. And I think what Joe says here is important. You're not just building an FPL squad for that specific game week. It is very helpful to just consider moves that you may have to make, whether they're offensive or strategically defensive moves, one or two game weeks down the line. So Leave yourself an out. Leave yourself a player where you know they cost seven point five million, and it's an easy transition to this other seven point five or seven million player, and I yeah. can make that work. Yeah, exactly. I always like don't fall in love with anybody. Like don't fall too in love. 
Um, and just a final point here. This is from uh, Nick Wright, uh, who says, uh, which I think is kind of like a nice final word on this one. He says, uh, don't crowbar in punts to be different if your team appears, quote unquote, template. Uh, not only does the template alter all the time, the percentage of active players who converse via Twitter, forums, websites, and decree what actually is template um, is such a tiny percentage of the overall player pool that it really doesn't matter anyway. It's a trap that I fall into all the time where, you know, everyone starts talking about someone like Gilfie Sigurdsson and I'm like, well, now I can't have him, you know, like now, now I'm like, I'm just chasing points, you know, like everyone else has Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, and then you go on the uh, fantasy football, you know, website or whatever, and you can look you can, you know, serve everyone by ownership percentage and you look down and you're like, oh, wait, he's on by 8.2% of manager. Like no one actually has him in their team. Um, but you just, you get sort of seduced by, you know, or not seduced, I guess, but you sort of get this like some sort of false picture of who the real mm-hmm. like high ownership players are. Yeah. Uh, excellent. All right, let's move on to the second tip, and that is be patient. Dot dot dot. More patient than you may care to be. <laughs> and this is this is an interesting tip for me. And I I I try to find that perfect space between being patient and being free to act quickly or to not be stubborn. This kind of plays off of uh, tip number one pretty pretty well. I don't want to be stubborn and and try and stick with the player that's not working. But then again, uh, patience is, is a virtue. And I have, I have found throughout my eight seasons of playing FBL, FPL that I'm rewarded more often than not for patience. And um, often the risky, not patient or impatient move is the one that doesn't work. So to this point, we had a, a few messages uh, on social media from our listeners. John G says, most game weeks, it won't happen for most players in your team. That's absolutely right, John. Like just just because one key player in your attacking midfield doesn't uh, score or assist, that doesn't mean that they won't next week. A player like Ryan Fraser, I thought, was a great example of this last season. You kind of think about what his price point is. You can't possibly expect him to return every single game week. Um, but if you just stayed the course with Ryan Fraser, you were really rewarded uh, throughout the full season. FPL Osimo also chimes in. If you make a slow start, don't obsess about differential transfers and captains. See this happen every season, and they always make things worse. It's a long season. So this is this is perfect that FPL Osimo says this ahead of game week one, where our patience will truly be tested. Game week one squad, you have a few players that don't start, doesn't quite go the way you want it to do, and then you you make rash decisions ahead of game week two, and then suddenly everything just disintegrates in your hands. Right. Uh, it's tricky. I mean, is this something that you struggle with, patience? Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of it is that feeling that I'm, that I have the same team as everybody else, that I'm not different enough, um, that I have to make some changes. And, you know, I think that you just have to like, remember that, and and this is like, but I think this is where a lot of people struggle with patients because they want to be, they want to stand out, you know, like they want to like, it's like, okay, like this isn't, this isn't where, you know, I've had one bad game week with, with Raheem Sterling, you know what, I'm going to totally remake my team. You know, and Sterling's out. I'm going to bring in a 4.5 million midfielder and I'm going all in with 
whomever, you know, Sergio, like Sergio Aguero or something like that. I'm just going to like totally re- redo my team on the fly, burn eight points, you know, and, ju- and just go for it. And, uh, you know, usually it, 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 it almost invariably backfires, right? Like mm-hmm. every one in every 10 times does like a, like a big kind of radical, like a reorientation where you drop a really good player, you know, turn into a move that actually works yeah. out for you. I love this argument of like take Raheem Sterling again as an example. I can't afford to carry Raheem Sterling if he's going to blank. Like it, football is just not the type of sport in which uh, you have Steph Curry's where they just they're guaranteed to score 30 points every single right. match. It is very difficult to score a goal in, in football. So it's it's a rare thing. Even the best players will blank. Even the best players you will armband and they will blank. But it was still the correct decision in a vacuum that you made. And yeah, you have have to, in that situation, remember patience and, uh, and self-belief. Is self-belief a tip? It's really only you and your seven aside that you score every week, right? I mean, you're like kind of the one exception. Um, Uh, Yeah, that is, that is the one exception, but I am always the exception that proves the rule. (laughs) Um, Last point on this comes from FPL water loser who says sometimes doing nothing is the best option. I mean, uh, the curse of the second free transfer, Josh. So true. Such a (laughs) dangerous, such a dangerous transfer. However, Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you you save that, you save that transfer, you bank that transfer, and you feel obliged to make two frees the next week. You don't have to. If you have a good team, you have a good team. Relax. uh, Yeah. And see it through. Sometimes don't even use a transfer at all, you know, just let, let one burn away. All right, Brandon, uh, number three, I've moved this one up. This was the last bullet last season, but I think it's really important. And so moved it up to the top. Uh, we did talk about this a little bit already. The third tip for FPL success is do everything you can to keep your mini leagues fun. If it is just you yelling at people on the internet, that is not fun. <laughs> you have to... You, you need like a you need slow, lower stakes you know if you're if your goal is just that i'm going to finish number one overall out of six million managers it's probably not going to happen and you're probably going to find your even if even if you have a good season you're going to find some reason why it's not as good i mean i was just complaining about finish 1200 over 1200th overall right like it's just like if you if you start playing the overall rank game it is a recipe for misery and you will yeah. never like, you'll never be satisfied. But if you just win your mini league or you win a head to head league, yeah. uh, even if you just like cash out in the one of your leagues, I think that is super fun. And the kind of thing that keep you motivated for all 38 game weeks. And in the mini leagues, it's not necessarily always the carrot. You can talk about how fun it is to play for cash, but uh, a book that we all read last summer, wasting your wild card by David Wardell and, the fantasy football scout. We had this great interview with David uh, where we talked about one of the chapters in that book, which is pretty much all about the punishments that are meted out by various mini leagues (laughs) around the world. Okay. If you finish last in your mini league, you have to take a bus ride from the southernmost point of England to the northernmost point of England without your phone. Um, how boring is that? Or were you, you know, you, yeah, you dress up like something bizarre and you have to walk around the town square. I'm so jealous of the, uh, the like to get a, we, we actually, we, we're in two now because we're also in this Pisces Dale Inferno league as well, which is like this crazy one that we got into. It's like a four year, it's like a presidential term long league. I don't know. 
I don't know how what's going on on that one, Brandon. There's like a, a lot of lot of flowcharts and things that get sent mm-hmm. to us. <laughs> yep. um, but you know, I've always been a little jealous of the like local work league in the UK. Like you just don't mm-hmm. really get that in the US. Like for us to for our for our personal mini league, for us to get to like twenty, it's like we've got to like cast like across the entire planet. You know, it's like there's no yes. like there's no 20 people in New York. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, you have to, you have to go, I think our league of like it scans like the, the, the U.S. and the U.K. and uh, maybe elsewhere now, too. I'm not sure, but it's definitely it's definitely all over the place. Yeah, definitely. One thing that and that cash league that we've been in since 2011, the introduction of head to head. So each season we have our standard classic league, but everyone who joins the classic league is also made to join a head to head league. And most seasons, not not every single one, but most seasons, there's a different head to head winner than there is the winner of the classic league. And what really helps here, and this is an option that we love pointing out, is that you can set your head-to-head league on the FPL site to go into a playoff at game week 35. And yes. then the top eight teams from your head-to-head league table enter into a, a playoff in which you know everyone plays each other and then the next and then whoever loses is out, and then you move to a quarterfinal, semifinal, etc. And that is just a different mode of competition that you haven't seen game weeks one through 35 and yep. it, and it tends to reward different players than your classic league table would exactly and you know and because the, the playoffs you know like as you said they start they actually start in 36 and so the top eight make it into the quarterfinals so that means you know and usually with head-to-head the it gets pretty tightly bunched so you have you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, all those people still have a chance to get into the playoff, you know? And so when, you know, once you're in the playoff, like I, I've been bounced like many, many years in a row in the playoff, you know, even if I've, even if I've had like a good seed going in, you know? And so, uh, but that's just part of the fun of it, you know, is you sort of don't really know what's going to yeah. happen. And so it's a great yeah. way to keep, you know, like if you've got a league where maybe there's just one manager who's super serious, and just like dominates the, dominates the overall, the, like, you know, the, the overall points league, then this is a nice way to even the score a little bit. I don't know if this warrants a a whole other podcast or maybe it's a Patreon podcast head to head strategy, but, um, chip talk, this is a very divisive thing in FPL, your, your bench boosts, your triple captains. I've seen people in our mini league save their chips for the head to head playoffs and then deploy the chips just as a head to head strategy. And I think it's genius. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, our friend Rick Cito played it brilliantly last year. It really, really worked out for him. So, yeah, it's it just keep those mini leagues fun. It really and it's also just like, I mean, to, if I can get a little like cheesy here for a second, like it is a great way to stay in touch with your friends, like people who you just don't see all the time anymore. You know, I mean, as, they, as people move all over the country, it's I love that we still have this this, uh, you know, lead to keep us all connected. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I think that's a really important one and one that maybe people don't, um, talk about enough. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brandon, n- number four is, uh, another one that's new this year. Um, and this is, this one could be a little controversial. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> this one is, uh, pick one place, social media, Reddit, Slack forums, you name the place to talk fantasy and stick to it. Okay. Okay. So my feeling here is my argument is that uh, it's better to build relationships with people, right? Like like fantasy discussion type relationships uh, with people you trust than to blindly cast about looking for someone to agree with you on a 
dodgy transfer decision or to get a rate my team from a stranger or whatever. I, I think that if you just pick your your spot, right? <laughs> I love getting like, rate, getting a rate my team from a stranger. That sounds like something they tell you not to do in kindergarten. Well, class. I know it feels like it feels like I'm just saying this blindly, but I often will on, on our on our Twitter there'll be someone who posts their team and then they'll at reply like 18 different people, you know, and say, uh-huh. hey, what do you think about my team? And it's like, well, that's not like a relationship, you know. It's like I feel like you know, like <laughs> so for me. I like to talk strategy on uh, – I just like to talk like fantasy in general on Twitter mm-hmm. and I like to talk rate my team on our Slack. Like, And so I pick – those are my two spots, right? And I don't really mix the two that often. So like I don't really do a lot of rate my team stuff on Twitter. Um, I'm not necessarily posting news type stuff on the Slack. It's like I picked my spots, you know? Um, and you know, I, I, like, I know for you, for example, like you're much like you're very active on the, um, FPL Reddit and you're, you know, mm-hmm. on there all the time using it. And I just think that you know, for some people, it's the fantasy football scout comment section, you know, like I think there's a, yeah. you know, the fantasy football hub, right. You know, like a lot of, there's a lot of new, like newer spots as well that are very, that are full of, you know, good active discussion. And I just think it's, um, but I think it's important to pick a spot and sort of a like, kind of like stick your feet in or whatever, you know, and like, yeah. kind of like, in like develop a personality and like start talking to people and, and then, then you sort of know who to, who to listen to as well. Yeah. I like that way of thinking about it, of making it a personal, uh, relationship in terms of giving and receiving advice. And I, I, uh, agree with this in theory for me, as you say, I like Reddit for the relationship I can have with other FPL managers. And I tend to lean toward Twitter if I'm looking for, journalistic sources. I mean, it's hilarious that I point to a social media stream for journalists, but that's where a lot of them are. I will Mm -hmm. give one counterpoint to this tip, which I do like. It's that because no one, because there are so many people out there who believe they have the 100% correct answer, um, I would make a case that instead of picking one place, it's just good to have a cross section of everything. And if you have a zillion different places where you go for advice, then you can actually um, I mean, just look at it in the macro and then it helps you um, trying to, I'm trying to figure out a way to articulate I, you know, this, but I, you I, hear kinda, what you're, you're, I hear what you're saying. But I, to me, the, the problem is I, I feel like when I'm casting about looking for like suggestions on what to do. And, and obviously I'm, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite here because it's hard to stick to one, to one particular spot, especially if you're, if you're trying to get the answer to a difficult question. But my feeling is that if I'm reading a bunch of articles and I'm at a bunch of different forums and I'm posting, asking for questions on Twitter or whatever, um, I end up getting so many different responses that is, uh, that I can't sift through them all, you yeah. know, and it just, it just muddies my decision-making. Well, let, I, let me, let me put it this way. At the end of the last season. So if it's safe, Roberto Firmino, I'm trying to figure out where I stand on Roberto Firmino and I get all of these different responses from different channels. It's not that I struggle to find the correct answer with on those, all those different responses is that as I read all of them, suddenly it starts to dawn on me how I really feel about it. And yeah. that's the most important thing in these decisions is it's not how one source or many sources thinks it's how you, it's how you think and how you want to manage your own FPL team. So you know, we've definitely really put a lot of gray area into this, this, this tip. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, okay, that, that's, here's, that's generally just, how I feel about it. I think that's fair. So maybe, maybe a, 
I mean, I'm holding, I will hold by my tip, but I will admit that it's it's the first year with this tip. So maybe it gets, it gets tweaked a little bit. Okay. I think the real point here is that you need to find people you trust, whose opinion you respect, who you, who you will actually listen to, right? Uh-huh. Because, yeah. because you, because you've built a relationship with them and those are the people that you want to go to for fantasy advice. And yeah. if you're just hopping all over the place and and you're just reading a snatch of somebody saying something about whatever, and you're not really like, I don't know, you haven't built up any trust with them. It's, I feel like it's, it's harder to like really trust like the decisions yeah. you make based on that, you know, so that, that is how you end up with Aguero gate last season. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like one person reads a, a headline and interprets it one way and suddenly yeah. there's like a runaway train. Yeah. All right, let's take one more tip before we have a break. And it's tip five. Avoid these common player traps. Now, in various positions in your FPL lineup, there are common traps that we can fall into. My favorite of which is the 4.5 million priced striker, the Isaac <laughs> success. The right. one that um, maybe gets a random start at some point midseason and everyone thinks, well, I can... Maybe it'll have a run of starts. They bring in this 4.5 striker. They cease to do anything, let alone play for the rest of the season. You've built, you've painted yourself into this corner. You cannot get this 4.5 million striker out of your team until you effectively wild card or completely right. reorganize things. And there, there are players like this in all sorts of uh, different positions. Uh, like the uh, Conte is a famous example. Like, uh, Conte at Chelsea has a phenomenal reputation. He is a class footballer worldwide. Problem is, that just doesn't translate to FPL. He doesn't do many things on the pitch that translate into goals or assists or clean sheets. Uh, So when when newbies come into FPL, they they think, oh, Conte, he's very affordable uh, relative to all the other Chelsea players. Let's go for him. And then... You get no no production out of him. What what other uh, yeah. player traps are you thinking of? Yeah, I, I think that's uh, yeah. Conte is a big one. Uh, that Joe guy says a good player does not a good fantasy asset make. Uh, Conte, Modric, etc. Yeah, and then there's some of that like having that player that five million that that player costs five million is like your fourth midfielder and you you just like it's you you're kind of stuck with them for a while often because it's like in order to get someone who will actually was actually good you've got to get up to six million but you usually don't have a million in the bank to take to fix it or you have some other problem and suddenly you're on like a nine-week run with someone like Conte you know because you just can't drop them so yeah I, I agree with you on that one um I think there's a, the you know trap is um well, you know, actually, I'm, I'm going off the board here a little bit, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did talk okay. about defensive mids and mids of playing defense. But I think a, a common trap is to have too many players from teams that aren't in the top four or the top six. Um, I think that there is, you know, you can sort of you, you start filling up your team. Right. And you're like, all right, I really want to have. You know, the Ryan Fraser types. I want to have Fraser. And you know what? Callum Wilson's great, too. And I'm going to have Fraser and I'm going to have Wilson. And I think it's, you know, I think it's the season that, um, you know, it's all going to come together for Andros Townsend. And I'm going to bring him in as well. And, you know, you're sort of loving this team. It's like it's like a, you, you like start building like a value team, you know, where you're uh-huh. like, this guy's is great value and I want this player because of good value. And then suddenly you have this team and you like it's like if you look at it from like 10,000 feet and you're like, 
I somehow don't have any of like the the best twenty players in the game. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you like in it's like you you sort of you talk yourself out of Aguero and Sterling and Salah and Mon- you know, and it's like all of these players who. It, it kills you two ways. One is that the top teams are the only teams that can consistently score goals, right? It's just, it's just like it's proven like time and time again, right? That like like Man City, Liverpool, they probably throw Chelsea in there as well. Like a lot of these other teams will just have runs where they just can't score. You know, even a team like Bournemouth, which is a pretty wide open attacking team. And so you just you need to have these players because they're just they're just going to score the most consistently. Um, but I think the other problem is that they're also owned by a ton of manage, other managers. And as we talked about at the start of the podcast, this is a game that requires a level of defense. You know, it's not just about building the best team that you can that you think you can build. It's about covering other players that are highly owned, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a it's a style of fantasy that that takes a little getting used to if you haven't done it before, you know, because yeah. Um, because ultimately what, we don't yeah. know, we don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, you like you can you can fall in love with your team, but you just don't really know who's going to do well and who's not. And so it's just safer to have some of these players, you know, covered. Yeah, and yeah, using the word cover, you're definitely not talking about coverage. Like Man City is going to be great, therefore I have to have just any Man City player. You're talking about Mo Salah is fifty percent ownership throughout all of FPL, so I sh- I. I kind of need to also have him because if he scores a hat trick and I don't have him, that will bury me um, in the rankings. And to that point, we had a comment from Richard Jenkins who said, start the season with proven form players from the previous season. Don't take any gambles from the promoted sides. Maybe a gem will appear after a few game weeks who simply can't ignore, especially if he's 4.5 million. So I think Richard covers uh, two issues with player traps here or, or avoiding them is, yeah, we how quickly we forgot that Manchester City and Liverpool were like by far and away the best teams in the league. So my focus right now is how do I get three players from both Liverpool and Manchester City into my game week yep. one squad? And the, the second point of the of Richards that I like is this is not really part of the player trap discussion, but how valuable the first two, three or four weeks of the season are in terms of information. Uh, You're going to need to plug holes in your FPL squad with these cheap players that do have inherent risk because you really don't know um, ultimately what the the best starting 11 is for Norwich City going into game week one. So maybe you'll get it wrong. And you have to accept that and you have to accept that you'll know better uh, after the first few game weeks and then we can correct. And the only final trap, actually, there's two two last points here. Uh, one is um, we talked a lot about we talked a lot about tacking, but I think the other common player trap that I think um, a lot of people fall into, it's when I fall into myself sometimes, is like don't don't play the Joel Matip game like just get get a top defender like to me this is like the the ben mendy zinchenko thing is like exactly this like it's a trap that i would just never fall into or that that i that i that i hope not to fall into because like who knows you know like who knows if mendy's gonna play who knows if zinchenko's gonna play like you know kyle walker is a little bit of a risk like just just pick like the like the most 
the like the best defender on these teams are they're super expensive and it's because they're the most reliable they tend to get the most bonus points they tend to score the most goals too right i mean you know like virgil van dyke even as like a center back just like he has a you know, great head for goal um and yeah they're like super expensive for a reason but you do get what you pay for with with expensive defenders on good teams yes just get the best player period Right. And the final final point here is from Fantasy Football Community. Uh, and she says, never captain a defender. Who would ever do that? Not even, <sighs> in a, I mean, in a double game week, that seems insane. I know. The Shane Duffy captaincy. I'll never, I'll never quite live it down, Brandon. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll get to our final five points. All right, Brandon, I want to stop the podcast. I want to take a moment to talk about our friends at Fantasy Football Hub. That's fantasyfootballhub.co.uk, started by our friend Will Thomas. Brandon, it's a one-stop shop for all of your FPL needs. Brandon, that's FPL Fantasy Premier League needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can also get uh, full coverage of the Sky Game on there as well. Now, sadly, we cannot play the Sky Game here in the United States, but if you can play the Sky Game, if you're interested in learning more about that Sky Game, fantasyfootballhub.co.uk is a great place to go to find out more about it. Brandon, what else can you get as a member of Fantasy Football Hub? Yeah, become a member today at the Hub, and you gain access to a ton of great members-only features. Included in those features, Joshua, just let me run through a few. You've got an Opta data tool. Yeah, that's Opta, the official data provider of the Premier League. Love that Opta Joe. Man, Opta Joe. I wish Opta Joe would not... insist on those one word crystallizations punctuations <laughs> at the end of every tweet that's kind of annoying to me must take a long time to think those up yeah but but that's not something you need to worry about at the hub other things you can get you've got a beautiful advanced fixture ticker comparison tools uh perfect video guidelines to get you sorted to start the season there's a how to win an fpl guide and an ultimate preseason guide Ben Krellen, the master of the FPL spreadsheet. He has an exclusive planning sheet available to members at the Hub. Also, 100 member articles throughout the season are uh, uh, published, including weekly team reveals from some of the top-ranked FPL managers in the game. And the big one, once you become a member, you're entered into the Fantasy Football Hub's cash league in which there is a 5,000-pound cash Woo! prize. Whoa, Woo! baby. That's my. I'm trying to do my uh, my Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, woo! No, oh, there we go. You nailed it that time. Yeah, yeah. Is that Ric Flair? I wanted the two. That is, well, I, I'm not, was never a big wrestling guy, but um, <laughs> your listeners of the Always Cheating podcast, and today, listeners, you get 10 percent off your Fantasy Football Hub membership. Just visit fantasyfootballhub.co.uk/slash/always, and at checkout, use the code Always for 10% off your membership there at Fantasy Football Hub. Simple enough. And Brandon, it is Macho Man Randy Savage, of course, says, oh, yeah. And Ric Flair says, woo. So, you know. And that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. FantasyFootballHub.co.uk slash always. Enter code always at checkout. And we will see you there. Brandon, we're back. Number six, it's a big one. It's it's actually, I think, a, a one that's even bigger for people who live in England than it is for us. But I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's very important regardless. Uh number six is don't be too stubborn. 
All right. right. So don't avoid players who've let you down. Don't avoid teams that you hate. All right, Brandon, the, the fantasy game is an opportunity to rise above these partisan <laughs> politics, these things yeah. that tear us apart. Be a better person. Be a better person. Exactly. There are a lot of players I don't like in fantasy, Brandon. Like I mm-hmm. don't like them as people. I don't like watching them play, but I will still have them on my team. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, the most recent season in which Chelsea won the league with Jose Mourinho and uh, we had a Liverpool fan in our mini league and he refused to bring in Eden Hazard and it just completely torpedoed out his season. And it goes back to <laughs> what you were saying about being just different is fun, but doing well is, is sometimes even really more fun. fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that is, that is a way to, to sort of bridge that gap between um, play, you and a player you hate is if they do well in your fantasy team, maybe you'll learn to see, see things the same way, but there are also like beyond the biases you have, from club rivalries there are also built up biases you have because you had a player um just do really poorly in your fpl side and you say i'm never going to get him again uh who's a good example of this i mean aaron ramsey is probably a good example of this because he was the master of disaster hit every shot over the goal or to the left or the right of the goal up till the one season where he hit his purple patch. And there were managers who refused to bring him in uh, mm-hmm. as he was just like one of the the best values in the game because they had all, all this built up FPL history with him. And sometimes well, you I, just have to recognize yeah. when it's time to it's time to move on. Well, I will pay you a compliment here, Brandon, because I think that one of your strengths is that you are not – you were you were not a particularly stubborn manager, and I can think of many times when you have dropped a player uh, because they've you know had a bad patch of form, or you need to bring somebody else in, or, or whatever, uh, and suddenly their form picks up again, and you bring them straight back into your team. No, no muss, mm-hmm. no fuss. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, often, uh, you know, it comes back to help you frequently. I, I, there's a famous time with, with Zlatan Ibrahimovic a couple of seasons ago, I remember. Uh, sometimes it comes back to hurt you, like Eden Hazard in January of this year. Yes. Uh, yeah. But but I think in general, uh, if you are – in general, it, it will help your game to not be too stubborn and yeah. to let bygones be bygones. And if you had a captain fail with, with some player, just like let it go. Um, because, um, because again, it's not like real life, you know, like they don't know that you're punishing them, you know, (laughs) by not bringing them back in. Like, like you, you own this player you own them digitally, you know? And like, (laughs) like if you don't bring them back in, like it only hurts you. It does not hurt them, you know? Yeah. Uh, isn't (laughs) isn't there a way of thinking where it's like, I'm refusing to bring this player in because, I gave them the eye test and I don't like the way they play and I'm not bringing them in. And then a month passes and they're the hottest asset in FPL and you're still sitting there saying, well, my eyes wouldn't fail me and I trust the way I read the game. And um, and you're still stubbornly saying this on social media channels. But it's okay. It's okay to admit that you made a mistake. It's okay that you read a player wrong or it's okay that the stats actually don't match their FPL output. That's true. Jose Mourinho misread Mo Salah, right? Let him go for nothing after uh, he had him at Chelsea. Like, yeah, we're not always right about these players, you know, so um 
All right. Well, I think that's I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Let's move on to number seven, Brandon, which uh, which can be a little maybe this one will be a little remedial for some people. But I, I think there's I think there's um, some important stuff in here, especially around the holidays. I think this is where, it's, where this one's really important. So read the rules, know the deadlines, use what the site gives you for free and set your bus team. Brandon, bus team is in all camps. I cannot believe we've gone this far into the preseason without talking about <laughs> bus team. Yeah. Little, 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 you know, parentheses, TM, uh, tra- you know, trademark. It, uh, always it's cheating an always podcast. cheating original, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So what is a bus, a bus team, team, Brandon? A bus team, it's, it's a uh, term that we coined on the podcast. I think we were talking about this idea that, okay, I'm talking to you, Josh. We're talking about Saturday morning. We get up to watch the first slate of fixtures. As we're queuing up these fixtures, we go into our fantasy app and we just set our team for the following game week. Right. Uh, that way we know it's set. And then you said something to the effect of, well, I think I, the the logic in my brain playing out is just in case I walk out the front door and get hit by a bus, at least I know that my team for the following week is set. And then right. I won't be in, embarrassed while I'm in a, in a coma. <laughs> recovering. Uh, yeah. A yeah. short-term coma, perhaps, but still, yeah. you know, yeah. or maybe, so you're when just we say, you know, exactly. Maybe someone else yeah. gets hit by a bus. So when we say, uh, set your bus team, what that means is just, just set that, bu- set that team for the following game week right away. And what that sometimes helps you with is clarifying your thoughts. You're kind of, you're, going back to the idea of biases and and being stubborn, you're at your least stubborn before you've seen all of the fallout from the current weekend's matches you're about to watch. Your bus team will just reflect you at your most clear headed. And then that's something that you can reflect upon as the, as the, the deadline for the following game week draws nearer. Yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, over the course of a week, you can, you can start to turn yourself into a pretzel trying to, you know, you read a couple different articles or a couple different, you know, some threads online and it sort of gets your head turning and suddenly you're not, you're not sure what you want to do, but usually, yeah, yeah. You, usually you, you want to trust your, your instinct, you know, whatever you thought was the right, was the right move, um, out of the bat. So, um, a couple other notes here, these are just sort of technical, like simple things, but like, you know, Brian O'Flaherty, uh, says, uh, each week, keep an eye on the transfer in round and parentheses round and transfer out round numbers. Uh, in case someone has been bought or sold in mass, because it often points towards some news you may have missed. And when I first read this, I was like, eh, okay, like, but most people would know about that. And then I was like, oh, right. Not everybody is on, <laughs> is on Twitter. Like I am like 20 hours a week, like reading about this crap, you know? Um, and so, yes, if you are just a manager who listens to this podcast, takes the game seriously, but not that seriously. It is super useful <laughs> to just yeah. use what the use what the site gives you for free to see who's transferred in and out because that will almost always point towards um, you know, someone that was injured or somebody that um you know, is maybe like a, like an underrated player that's hit a great run of form or something like that. Yeah. It can also give you an indication of prices that will be rising or falling. I mean, this this is a bit of a sticky issue. Um price rises and price falls in FPL. Uh, and something we may have to be talking about in a different way this season. Have we heard anything more about the the new API on the FPL website and how that's going to impact? I don't know how it's been resolved yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Right. So, uh, yeah, just price changes throughout the week um, can be annoying things that change your transfer plan. So which makes this keeping an eye on transfers in and transfers out even that much more important. Another note here from Mike Mulcahy, who says, understand the lineup deadlines. They are not necessarily the same as other leagues or even other fantasy sports games. Some other uh, people may have played before. And that's right. You you mentioned the festive fixtures, the holidays, Josh. The uh, the fixtures come thick and fast around those times. And even though there's going to be the new winter break for the first time this season in the Premier League, yep. that's coming after the festive fixtures. So we'll still get that crazy mad, madcap time. And to make matters worse, you're probably hanging out with um, strange family members who may try to prevent you from setting your team <laughs> on time. It's true. Um, no matter how much time you think you're going to have to to nerd away and watch fantasy, you're going to end up missing a bunch. And yeah, usually it's like a deadline comes while like another match is being played. Like it's such a mess around the holidays. So um, yeah, if you if you can just master the holidays, like that alone is worth like 50 points. Wouldn't you bet though that more than the holidays, the people get tripped on this deadline the most, the Friday fixture, the Friday kickoff? Yeah. Those are the ones that, yeah, they, they sneak up on you. Yeah, there's one to before game week one, and there's, there's uh, I think there's like three of the first six matches or something have Friday deadlines. It's actually very annoying in the U.S. because usually those matches are on like 3 o'clock on a Friday. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, that's, yeah, so just use what the site gives you. All the deadlines are there. All the transfer information is there. Um, yeah, make sure to read the rules. It's very useful to know about, like, how bonus points are allocated. I find myself like once a month, I feel like pop it on there to like clarify some, some point that I don't totally understand, you know, cause like, yeah. like many people, I'm trying to mentally calculate bonus points and I'm like, wait, how much do you get for pass completion? You know, or like what, how many, how many, how many points is knocked off for a yellow card and things like that. So, yeah. um, you know, that's all freely available there. All right. Number eight, watch actual matches and or highlights. Uh, this, seems, this, is, yeah, this seems like pretty self-explanatory. We're playing FPL because we enjoy watching watching the football. Um, but beyond that, watching the actual matches will help you play FPL better because you will you'll start to you'll start to notice things. You'll start to de- develop and form your own opinions that will help you find a differential or just have a little more confidence setting your own team. And I love the idea of, I mean, you and I, we watch a ton of matches. We have access to every single match here in the States through NBC, who um, on all sorts of uh, uh, channels and and sites, they stream every match. But also highlights. I love watching the matches. And then a few days later, just thumbing through the NBC app and checking out all the highlights. It, it reminds me of the feeling of just flipping through an old yearbook just the satisfaction mm-hmm. of revisiting old events for, for good or for bad with FPL. Yeah. Um, and also like watching highlights reminds me of, I'm the king of the metaphor, but you ever write a, a really good email and then you just go back and you reread the email like 30 <laughs> yeah. minutes later. <laughs> yeah. Usually like it's when you're telling somebody off, right? Like in the most polite <laughs> way possible. So yeah. uh, I feel like that's like watching highlights of a particularly great goal that meant a lot to your FPL L side. Um, uh, it's fun yeah. to watch highlights, but highlight highlights are uh, the last thing I'll say is the highlights are a great way to just uh, fixate on games that you missed. 
see yeah, the, key, and I, the key points. Yeah, and I think in some ways this will be controversial just for some people. I, I like I think there was a famously a manager who won the league, uh, like finished number one overall three or four seasons ago, who didn't like watch a single match like the entire season. Like I, I don't, you know, there is a way to do it. You know, if if you are super numbers focused and that's just how you want to do it, then, then that's that is fine. It's it's just not how I play or how I really want to play. So I think that um, I I know in my experience when I am watching more matches, I'm a better fantasy manager. Like I'm just making better decisions. Like you know, I think of this one example last season, which is that I Mo Salah had been rested some match, maybe seven, 16, 15, something like that. Uh, and he came on for the final 30 minutes and uh, I was just watching the, the highlights of this match. And I saw him, you know, came out on the sixth seventh minute or something like that. And he was so explosively good, uh, in the, like, and I think he got like one assist, like that was it. Like he didn't do like anything significant in the match. Uh, but it was just like, he just, like, he got his little rest and he was ready to go. And it happened like right during this moment when everyone was starting to like, sort of like decide that Salah was like a little too expensive. Like they didn't like want him. And so like this game week when Mo Salah was being sold by men and managers, I was captaining him away to Bournemouth uh, and he scored a hat trick in that match. And it was one of the defining moments of my season. And it was a moment that came directly a defining out of, se- moment of your life, <laughs> my life, but it really was a, it was a huge moment in the season for me. I mean, it was a huge swing within our mini league um, that, that match, um, especially because, because I captained him. And, you know, I think that it was just watching that, just having just seen that one moment, you know, and um, I don't know, I, 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 this is one where I think maybe it's a little easier outside the US where I don't have as many like sort of biases about players that I love or hate, you know, like I could see how if I was like a super hardcore Chelsea fan, like if I watched too many Chelsea matches, maybe it would just, I would just talk myself into, you know, their players every game week or something, but um if you can be objective, then I think watching a lot of matches is really the is, is a great way to, to get better at fantasy. All right. The next tip is simply this. Keep the anger in check. Seriously, Josh, I'm looking <laughs> at you. A lot of a lot of managers out there, a lot of sports fans watching sports is just it's an intense experience. It's a very emotional right. experience. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it gratifying. But yep. FPL, FPL can drive you insane and it can start to impact your personal relationships, it can impact yep. your work, just totally. impact how you enjoy the weekend. It's true. And you, uh, you and I have a very, like we both, we both get very angry watching. <laughs> I think it's, it's a battle for both of us. I, I wear the banner of the angry person, which you, you happily give to me, even though you secretly <laughs> get just as angry as I do. Uh, well, you and, get angry to the point where you'll just uh, say, I'm paying my check at the bar and I'm and leaving I'll shut because down. Yeah, this, is, yeah. this is awful. And right. I, will, I will just sit there and quietly stew and make everyone miserable in the process. <laughs> and I'll never leave. I refuse to leave. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is a real it is. It is. I'm, we're, we're, I'm in my ninth season and I I am honestly barely better than I was at the start. I mean, it is the, is the hardest thing for me, uh, to, to keep in check. And it's so, it's like, it's like a, it's like a out of body experience. You know, it's like, you know, you know, that like, as you're getting angry, you're like, this is stupid. A, it's a game. B, I like have no control over what happens like on the pitch. Like I didn't like give this player a pep talk beforehand. It is like it is the pure realm of fantasy, you know. 
uh, in C, it's like incredibly hard to score a goal and there's a lot of fluky things that happen or like to lose a clean sheet or something. It's like there's all these things that you know logically are true and yet it is hard not to like get mad at yourself for the decisions you've, you know, the, the, the players you put out there, the captain decision you made or whatever. Uh, Chico Fernandez says, um, you know, sort of in line with this is the reason you make decisions matters more than the results of those decisions. If you know you made the smart choice, it's hard to beat yourself up when it goes awry. I don't think it's hard to beat yourself up. I think it's still easy to do, <laughs> but I, I would say it's, it's, it's easier to get over it if you know yeah. that you've made a smart decision. Yeah, and I think Chico um, puts it pretty eloquently in the the idea that the the decisions matter more and the the rationale behind them than the actual results because they they're they don't sometimes uh, coincide. There was a moment last season in which I had Captain Pogba, and uh, I don't remember the match, uh, um, and he missed a penalty at the very end of the match. Right. Right. And then got a yellow card and minus up one the negative. Game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a it's a moment where, you know, he he was on the penalty spot. He was exactly where I had predicted he would be. That was as far as I could get. I mean, that, even even me believing I got him that far through my own decisions is is pretty silly. But I got him that far. I made the right decision to that to that point. And then he and then he went ahead and missed. The understanding that listen, this is just all wildly out of your control is going to help you immensely. You cannot control this. It's it's so true. Yeah. What is that line, Brandon? Like the, the what's important is to remember that you're already dead. What is the great line in Band of Brothers or this guy? He he's afraid to jump out of the trench and start firing his gun. And then the sergeant just has to say to him, like, what you haven't accepted is the fact that you're already dead. And once you accept <laughs> that you're already dead, you can finally perform your job as a soldier. Yeah, uh, yeah so, that's, that's a good go. fantasy advice, I think, as well. Uh, Rochek uh, 07 says, be ready to feel weird emotions in watching football, like when a team you don't like is winning with the player you own has scored, uh, or when that team is winning 5-0 and your player does nothing but celebrate those goals. That's so much more painful, <laughs> so much more painful. So what do we do, Josh? What do we do to stave off this anger? I mean, we we talked yeah. a little bit about just sort of accepting your fate, but... It's easy yeah. to say that. You know what? You know, one thing, like one practical thing I'm actually going to try to do this year is watch not quite so many matches in real time um, and try to um, watch some of them afterwards, like after they've already been played, um, where I can skip through. And it's, I, there's something about the real time experience sometimes mm -hmm. that, that that's, that's what's really bad for me. If I'm watching highlights or reading about it afterwards, it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite get me as much. So yeah. I think. I'm going to try to do a little less of that. I mean, God, there's so many matches. Like if you watch just a handful more on tape, like you will not be missing that much. You know, like yeah. it's still, you're still going to see uh, hundreds of hours of, of live matches. I'm also um, an advocate yeah. for the second screen experience. Uh, like if, yeah, if it's not too. going quite well, but you don't want to turn the game off because you, you just want to kind of watch the game is, you know, put the game on your iPad and then fire up FIFA to all, to all my uh, Patreon supporter friends. 
the FIFA club, pro club will be up and running with FIFA 2020. And when the games are going really poorly, we're all just going to log on to the pro club and play FIFA. Smart. Yeah. There is a kind of emotional like barrier that comes when you're not watching the TV, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I will do that with my, my, my beloved Michigan state Spartans. If they're having a tough game, I will turn off the TV and I'll watch on my phone so that I can flip it over. I can like flip it on and off uh, as needed. You know, it's like, I, it's, it's like an element of control or something. Yeah. Um, all right. Final bullet. All right. Keeping this final one easy. Uh, final bullets, nice and simple. Um, read non fantasy sources. Okay. Super crucial one. Yeah. My, my read on this is, Yes, go outside of the FPL community to follow football. It's helpful for your FPL team, but it's also just helpful for you as a football fan. Just yeah. remember, yeah, exactly. You're you're a football fan first. You're an FPL manager second, and <laughs> right. you're a, you're a human being third. Uh, so uh, in that you order, that order, right? Yep. <laughs> but also, <laughs> yeah, just re- getting the the general um, football news. It's it will also help you, I think, in your in your FPL decisions. Like you, you can. I, mean, I guess all the real F football news sort of trickles down into FPL and is properly sort of purified. So you know yes. if there's a bunch yeah. of, a bust up on the pitch or a drama with the manager, that sort of thing. I think there's a game of telephone that happens sometimes, though, where. I don't know. The biggest thing for me, and this is like a very nerdy thing to do. I know this isn't for everybody, but I will read full transcripts of news conferences, like press conferences with managers. And I find that to be a super useful way to cut through however it's been interpreted, right? Like there's there's some very smart, good fantasy managers out there on social media who who will cut through and interpret those press conferences. But I find that something sometimes gets lost in the translation. And uh, I don't know, there's like some tonal stuff that doesn't always get picked up. And so, um, I don't know. I just like to, I, 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 even if it's just for my own, like a surety or something, I like, I like just knowing what was actually said. Um, well, I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the phrase context is king. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because it is, and you know, like you, if you read the full, transcript of the presser of the uh, presser versus just the sound bites that you get on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll, you can just find, you'll just find more. You'll be able to contextualize everything more the same with, uh, with varying, varying places you shop around to get your news or your information. It sort of gives you a wider context of what's going on in, in the league and yeah, I also think that you can just find stuff that like you can there's a real edge from fantasy. Like if you, you know, there's a place like statsbomb.com is a you know, just a, it's just a different perspective on on players, you know, and you can find out like sometimes they really hate a player or really love a player um and it can really change your perspective on on who you want, you know, and like maybe you know, get in an early on somebody. You know, Mike Goodman uh, wrote a great article on uh, Richarlison uh, last summer that had me absolutely completely convinced that I had to have a Charleston at the start of the season. So I did, you know, and maybe I would have had him anyway. I don't know. Um, but I feel like, you know, I was reading that article that really decided, you know, maybe, maybe convinced that he was a lock for my team the first, you know, few game weeks. 
Excellent. Well, those are 10 really great tips, and I feel like I'm going to be a success this season, Josh. Oh, wow. That's great. I, I think I'm a, I can follow like eight out of 10 of these. So that's, that's, that's pretty good. It's a good ratio. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 the one moment you, you actually can't keep your anger in check. It's, it's all just going <laughs> to fall to pieces. No. Yeah. Um, these are our 10 tips for this season. You can certainly dig back into the archives of always cheating to find our other 10 tips for FPL success and interesting to see how they change, but more of the moment. If you have your own tips, Hit us up on our social media channels. Let us know um, how you think uh, it, it's best for you to achieve success in any FPL season. We'd love to hear from you. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's I, I really even just even just, you know, we, we put out the call a while back for for, um, f, you know, for for tips from, from other people. And we, we tried to insert a few of them. We actually got way more than we could actually, you know, use uh, within the podcast. But, um, you know, even just reading through those, I, was, I got a lot of perspective so yeah if you if you want to you know write in or email us with uh, with your own tips that would be awesome um all right brandon well let's 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 sign off here um yeah. and next week amazingly enough we are doing our game week one preview pod i can't believe wow. it's already here i know yeah so ahead of that if you want to say thanks to the cheaters just become a patreon supporter go to patreon.com slash always cheating pay that site a visit to see what's on offer for those who support the podcast from Slack chat forums to extra podcast, extra leagues, T-shirts, and so on. And uh, to all our producers who will be getting a T-shirt this season for supporting us at the producer level, you know who you are, but let's say their names, Josh. Mike DePietro, Stephen Toomey, Carl Rasmus, Lenny Granley, Chris Howell, Martin Savage, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Brian T., Trevor Angerson. Jim Payne, by the way, I haven't heard from you uh, this offseason. I hope uh, hope you're still uh, playing this fall, Jim. Uh, Adam Benjamin, Brian T., Trevor Angerson, Chris Carter, DeBake Gaffer, Babas Kuhn, Jeff Hosbeam, Ben Grant, James Holland, David Anderson, Jazz Binning, Andy Penn, Blair Jacobson, and Danny Evans. Thank you to all our producers outstanding and don't forget to hit subscribe you'll never miss a moment of always cheating whether you're on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud stitcher google play acast wherever it is that you listen to your podcast and give us a five-star review uh if that floats your boat also give us a follow on social media on twitter we're at hell cheaters instagram at hell cheaters facebook.com slash always cheating or send us an email hail cheaters at gmail.com all this information including our Super League code. If you want to join the Always Cheating Super League, our massive public league to, available to all of our listeners, just go to our website, alwayscheating.com. You got and it, Brandon. It. That is okay. it. I guess this is like, the, we're, this is the end of our pre, pre-season podcast. So uh, it's been it's been fun. We... We have packed these in more than you may know as a listener. Uh, uh-huh. Trying to fit these around some vacations has been very tricky. So I'm Indeed. ready for regular fantasy to, to start out here. Okay, into the fray with That's right. our good friend, uh, Master Master Pookie and Lord Sorloth. I hope the good Lord is playing this season in fantasy. Let's let's hope for it. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Lord right. Sorloth.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.